will say though, hello wonderful people, this is Jason English with Things About Things and this is a really special one. I've been waiting years to have this conversation with my friend Haley and it is about to go down to quote Kevin Hart and I'm really excited about this. Years of friendship with Haley, gonna have a conversation that I've been looking forward to having with Haley for a very long time. I'm gonna estimate that it's been six years but I'm really not counting. But anyway, Haley Mullins, my friend, wonderful human being, things about things. Hey, thingsaboutthings.com for more things. Enjoy. Watch things about things and not just listen to things about things. So you can go to YouTube and find us on YouTube and go to thingsaboutthings.com. Whether you're listening only or you're watching as well, make sure to like and subscribe because they tell me that I'm supposed to say that and they tell me that that means something and that it helps in some way. Like just hook a brother up. You know what I'm saying? Like hook a brother up, subscribe. That's it. Just to hook a brother up. And if you end up listening or watching more because of being subscribed, even better. Fun. Great. But either way, hook a brother up and just subscribe. That'd be great because they tell me that will help with something. I don't know what. Let's find out. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's do this experiment. They say that if people like and subscribe and comment and stuff like that, that means something and does something. I don't know if that means anything or does anything. Uh, you want to find out? Like and subscribe. But I will say, one of the things I was hoping we'd talk about, we don't have to, though. Okay. We don't have to. I'm ready. What is it? Is your experience at church. Okay. And I want to know, and you say whatever you want to say, yeah. or not say anything you don't want to say. Okay. Um, because I have some thoughts about we were we were part of the same church for four or five I don't know because you were gone but I still felt like you were here yeah and but, I would come back sometimes it was right probably five years consistently mm-hmm. and then periodically for one or two after that sounds right yeah I, I think I've, I I met you like nine years ago this year like it's been that long wow well I know my life's changed but I'd imagine your, <laughs> yours probably even more. Yeah. Be, just Changed because of season of life or whatever, like if you're in school and then after. Totally. But also mine's changed too. But like uh, nine years ago. Yeah. And I don't, we don't need to get into like details of, like details of people's, really what I'm getting at. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I wouldn't want to like say yeah, people's names. That's and what stuff. I'm saying. That that's all fair. I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. I feel that way too. Cool. What was your experience? That's kind of like a really big question. It's a really big like, question. It's hard to know where because to start. Because my experience was I was on the stage and I saw you sitting in the front. Yeah. If I was going to share my experience, I feel like I need to provide some background yeah. from before I started going. Yeah. Because before that, I was very anti going to church. Okay. Um, I think my family stopped going to church when I was like 
maybe like five, five or six. I was really young. Um, it was never a regular thing. Um, oh, okay. Around when my brother was born, I think is when we like stopped going. Um, and my mom's always been a very spiritual person. She's kind of, I think she calls herself a seeker. She's always kind of looking for, for whatever it is that, um, yeah. that's something, you know, you can call it God, you can call it yeah, um, the universe, you know, energy, whatever. Um, my dad has always had a much more I difficult time. <laughs> <laughs> They're hard. <laughs> Sorry. Um, my dad has always had a much more uh, difficult time with organized religion. Has had like stronger feelings about it, I guess. Yeah. I just like did the just the whole deal. Smash. Oh, you got it. Good. Um. Yeah, he's always had a much more difficult time with organized religion, and has really kept it arm's length, like yeah. not going there. Um, which is funny because his side of the family has always been very religious. And so I felt like growing up I had the space to explore because my mom would explore um, her faith. But I also felt like Christianity was dangerous because of how my dad felt. And I grew up in an area. Um, you, you used to live in that area, Kannapolis, North Carolina? I, I spent a summer there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I grew up outside of there in Concord. Right, right. And, um, you know, fairly conservative area, I would say. Lean's, I think of it Lean's as that conservative. way. Yeah. Every quarter mile you see another church. Mm-hmm. And all of my friends growing up, the people I naturally gravita- gravitated towards were very different from me. Um, were very into church, would go to youth trips, would go to yeah. Sunday school, all that stuff. And so I... I got exposed to it, even though I wasn't going regularly. I would go to these things with with people, and I would ask a lot of questions. And they were the types of questions that made people uncomfortable. Um, and so I got shut down. Can you down think a of lot. one? Um, I'm trying to think of one off the top of my head. Or even the type of the type of way, yeah, the type of approach to a question that you would ask. I think you know if if there was a something that you know like a strongly held belief, I would challenge it. I would say, okay, where does that come from? Yeah. You know, why do, why do we think that? Um, yeah. You know, it could be something as simple as like the Trinity. Where does the Trinity doctrine come from? Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes it would be like, oh, well, it, it's here because of this, this, and this. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes, you know, I'd ask a question that felt similar to that and it got kind of shut down or pushed under the rug. Like, we don't ask those kinds of questions here. Right. Um, you weren't accusing, you were just asking, but they felt like you're not supposed to mention and say yeah. that question it challenges us too, right. too deeply. And I think at one point, I can't remember exactly how old I was, but at one point I was, I was like, you know, I don't think, I don't think Christianity is me. I don't think that's what I believe. And I got kind of, um, ostracized a little bit for that, um, and I, I started to realize that the church, even though it's a community, is not as inclusive as they sometimes like to say they are. Yeah, and of course, we can't C. speak on behalf of right. <laughs> every church in the world or every community, but I think we're talking specifically your experience was yeah. in the southeast part of the United States You're right? In, a, in an area that I'm sure that there are wonderful people, but, totally. it, but statistically was conservative. Yeah, the the capital C church was not necessarily unanimous in the inclusion of things and um right so 
I, I kind of grappled with the idea of faith for a really long time and struggled for a long time with depression. Wow. Um, it got, you know, pretty severe throughout high school and then um, early college, it hit really hard. Okay. And that's how I ended up at the heart. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. My, yeah, um, that is a good backstory to know. Yeah, right? <laughs> because it's not just like, I don't know, I just kind of came in to see what it's about. It's like, no. Which, that would be fun too, but yeah, <laughs> there's a story. <laughs> there's a story, yeah. I, um, I got kind of convinced to go um, by a friend of mine. Wow. Who was kind of rekindling her own faith. She was like, you just come with me one Sunday. Like, you just have to go once. But you, um, sh- I would assume assumed it was a conservative another conservative conservative experience that you would encounter the same thing you did in high school yeah i kind of like i'll go one time but i know what's gonna happen yeah i thought i knew what to expect (laughs) there would be some you know hellfire and brimstone kind of kind of vibes um and coupled with all are welcome yeah (laughs) yeah exactly um it's like um they're conflicting i don't know know about that um (laughs) So they were like, just just come with me one Sunday. If you hate it, you never have to come again, you know? Yeah. And I was open to it. I was like, you know what? Sure, whatever. It's not going to hurt, right? One yeah. one Sunday, I can spare it. And at that time, I didn't really want to be alone either. And so being in a space with other people. Yeah, maybe it was about the fact you might go to Wendy's afterwards as opposed yeah. <laughs> to the church part, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, hang out with humans? Okay, I'm in. Yeah, it, it just felt good to be around people. Sometimes and... that's it. That's what it's all about. Yeah, and the first first time I went, you were doing a sermon on numbers, not the book numbers, but actual numbers. Yeah. And you were you had like a series on, on the symbolism behind different numbers, yeah. things like that. And it was really compelling for me. Wow. It was interesting and compelling. And then I think it was like a week later, you started doing the whole thing. You did really? the whole thing series. Like a week later. That and, was the beginning yep. of your experience? Whoa. And that's what kept me. I actually remember you, like I have a false memory of you there way longer before that. Really? Yeah. You know how memory can just trick because I think of you as being there a long time ago, right. which is true, relatively speaking. Sure. But COVID just sort of went boop, and like a few years went boop, and I still think of like, I just finished the whole thing, book. Yeah. But I didn't. That was still several years that ago. That was several years ago, but I think of like, I just did this book, and then a few, six months after the book is when I did the teaching. So certainly Haley was there for like years before that is what my mind tells well, me. So you hadn't done the book yet. You you did the teaching first. Oh, right. You mean, okay, like now I'm tracking with you. Yeah. So you, it was that long ago. Yeah, it was. I thought you meant when I did the one teaching called The Whole Thing that was no, no, my... No, no, no. The series of yeah. six, six weeks. Um, the I, one that led to the book, not yeah. the video that was after right. the book. Whoa. Yeah. The I... I I ch- I've changed since then. Yes, I I've know. changed <laughs> since then. You know? I can tell. You can tell. Yeah. Interesting. But at the time, that's exactly what I needed to hear. Um, wow. And it was a turning point for me, I think, in terms of it was a it felt like a new strategy for me to tackle some of the 
internal conflict that was going on. Um, believing in something bigger than myself, even if it took a different shape for a while. At least it wasn't with someone pressuring you to do it, right? Yeah. And it, it spoke to me. It wasn't somebody forcing me into it. Um, I think the, I want to say it was the, the third or fourth Sunday of that series. Um, Probably really, the hard one. Yeah, really struck. That I, I sobbed that day. The whole time. I still think about that day. Yeah. It felt, and I've talked with Aaron about this too. Mm-hmm. We, the way we had conversations about the teaching flowing with the music and the exact songs, it's one of the fewest, it's one of the few moments we covered a few songs. Yeah. It's not really our style to cover songs. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, I take that back. Almost every song we ever sang is a cover song. But like, yeah, I don't know why I said it that way. <laughs> uh, it was not a song that was designed to be sang in church. Yeah. Um, that's that's probably how I'd say it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it was a special day. It was a special day. Like I, I sobbed. I was sitting in like the the front or maybe the second row, and I think I just cried through the whole thing. It literally, it's literally. called the whole thing. Yeah, uh, I cried when I prepared for it. Mm-hmm. I didn't really cry when I do delivered it or performed it or whatever word you're supposed to use. Right. Uh, preached it, you know. <laughs> I think it, I was trying to be an artist, I so I wasn't were. preaching. Yeah, I was doing whatever you're supposed to say when you're an artist on a stage. Performing mm-hmm. sounds a little too, I don't know. Delivered it when I was preparing it. Oh man, yeah, it was like all of me mm-hmm. laid out for a long time, like lots of nights. Yeah, um, and so I'm glad that it like. You know, something conveyed. Yeah, and I think that's after that. That's when I wanted to stay. Um, wow! Because it it spoke to me and it engaged me. It got me thinking. Yeah. Um, and I also felt like I was perceiving myself differently because of it. Mm. Yeah. So instead of looking at myself as an enemy, I was suddenly looking at myself like, no, we're, we have to go through this together. I can't abandon myself. That's amazing. I have to stick with myself through all of this. So, um, I think yeah, when yourself that... sticks with self, you know there's dualism, right? But you also know that you want to become one, so you're moving towards yourself. That wholeness. That's very right? holy, right there. Yeah. So very it was, holy. It was a really interesting experience, and to this day, I don't really have words for it. Um, it's really hard to describe the feeling that I had. Um, yeah. But. Then, then I knew I was safe there and I wanted to stay. And so I just kept going. And, um, you know, I got involved in some different groups there periodically. And, um, you know, for the most part, I, I never had any issues with any of the people. I, I really loved everybody that I met. I loved hearing their stories. And, um, you know, every everybody kind of left a different mark for me that I met there. Mm. Um, and while, you know, I don't, regularly go to a church anymore um i still feel like that period of time really shaped my spirituality in a way that no other period of time has for me wow you're very good at talking (laughs) not really (laughs) better at writing it's much harder for me to talk (laughs) 
Well, you're writing it in your head first, maybe. Trying. And then you deliver it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, up front means you're not really seeing too many other people in the room except the ones on the stage. Yeah. But it sounds like you did end up meeting people. So maybe just during that gathering itself is when you wanted to be like, no, I want to be right there, right there. Yep. Right? <laughs> but not yeah. so much because you didn't want to talk with people before or after, but during right. it, like, don't talk during the movie. Yeah. <laughs> We're <laughs> watching this. Yeah. <laughs> right? I think um, there's such like a, I don't want to call it a stigma, but there's um, sort of a, a taboo thing about sitting up front like everybody avoids it everybody's like no it's weird to sit up front I feel exposed up front for me that's where I felt free was up front like I could I could be myself up there you know that is beautiful and I also really liked sonically yeah the way You're that right. things sound right there yeah. I can hear everybody behind me and I can hear everybody in front of me it's like being in this little vacuum of really amazing sound yeah. And I loved that experience. That and I don't think I got it sitting anywhere else. I get that. What I what I'm finding myself resonating with less and less over time is the concept of it even happening. Yeah. But what I can't shake is how many beautiful experiences have happened in that context. Yeah. So I can't poo-poo it too bad. Right. Even if I can poo-poo the institutionalism behind some of it, the uh, exclusion, the hypocrisy, the whatever bad words you want to use. Yeah. I'm still like, but there was that one time, mm -hmm. and man, I felt something. Yeah. And it wouldn't have happened, at least in that way. Right. If we didn't have something. Yeah. I, and I, I think that, you know, you couldn't possibly have made every every moment, every day, that that sort of magical feeling of, um, you know, peace and stillness and calm. Um, there there is going to be those things, um, like the exclusion, and you, you can't possibly um, get all of that out of there, right? There's too many people involved to to remove all of those. Yeah, some of it's of not even sentiments. institutionalism; it's just yeah. humans together. Some of them do things that aren't good. Yeah, I think part of it's human nature. Yeah, you know, and um, some of them are rude. Some pe humans are just rude. Yeah, and it's for sure. You can say, "Oh, the church," and maybe you're right, but also you could, you know, play tennis with someone and they yeah. might be rude. <laughs> <That's> true, <laughs> you they wouldn't might. be like tennis is the worst sport <laughs> ever. Like, yeah. It's probably just that guy. <laughs> <laughs> it probably is. You yeah, know? don't want him on my team. <laughs> I will say though, the more that it, the more rules there are. Yeah, not just the more people. The more rules. Mm -hmm. I think it messes something up. It messes a lot up, I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's something... So I feel like rules means rigidity, right? The more rules you have, the more rigid things are. The more rigid things are, the less room there is for creativity and exploration and Growth, freedom. inclusion. Yeah. Whether it's bouncing in or bouncing out or whatever. Movement, yeah. right? Movement Flow. and evolution. Yeah. change um growth things like that and so well part of it is if you're if you're is are you rigid because of the rules or do you create rules because you're rigid right <laughs> either way it's <laughs> it's a cyclical process right yeah and once you do it you go i know we said everyone's welcome but they're not really allowed to be here yeah or <laughs> they're allowed to be here 
but they're not actually allowed to do anything that's part of like a leadership or an extension of this church. They can't speak on our behalf. I heard that stuff and it messed with me. And Mm -hmm. it, you know, ultimately, ultimately my transition of not wanting to do it anymore, the real, the depth of it just has to do with me. Mm -hmm. Like I, I grew in a way and I've realized something about myself. Right. And I realized I was done. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the t- real real reason. But I can I can name you a few other reasons why oh, I didn't sure. like doing it. <laughs> yeah. I can name you a lot of reasons I didn't like doing it. Yeah. But the real reason was it just wasn't for me anymore. I moved on to something else. But part of part of the reasons that I would could blame acting like we're actually doing the love simple thing mm-hmm. when half the time that was bullshit. Yeah. That that's what really got me sometimes. Mm-hmm. It I was think, like we're not though. Yeah. Like we're not. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I can kind of tell. I I can tell that you've changed since then. Wow, just based I'm on the way that. that you're saying these things. Oh, because yeah. I think there's the words a, I'm using, the way I'm yeah, saying it. Okay. I think there's a, a time when you wouldn't have approached some of these difficult topics in the same way. No. There was a certain um, politicism about it. I would I would call it politicism or or um, ninja move with words. Yeah, that's, that's a good way to put it. But now, yeah, I would refer to it as fear. Mm. I was afraid. Yeah, but I'm not. I can't live in regret. Like for sure, it's not the same kind of regret as when you actively do something on purpose to hurt people. Yeah. That I can see being like, well, that might be a regret thing, mm-hmm. and you apologize or whatever. But when it's like retroactively, I look back at myself and go, I thought I was trying to say, let's bring, there's like, um, let's hold the tension as a community. Yeah. And I thought I was being like the guy that invited people into holding that. Right. But actually, I was afraid. Like I was afraid to say what I thought because I thought I was going to lose my job. Yeah. That's the truth. But I but I wasn't lying then. Yeah. I really thought the reason I was saying I, I thought that it was about holding attention, but um and I think I I can't remember if I've shared this on the the podcast or not, but like um because now that I've mentioned it, you know, people can go to thingsaboutthings.com yeah. and they can uh, subscribe. They can find us on YouTube. Because if you're listening only, you're missing out on, I mean, we're eating Chex Mix. I know, we got it all. And good. you can see them. The bagel yeah. chips are here and you can see the bagel this chips. So good. <laughs> uh, I thought it was about one thing, but then when I was talking with a counselor. It was like, uh, I said, I'm ready for my faith journey to no longer be connected to my income or my livelihood mm. and they were like can you say that again and i said it again they were like oh i thought it'd be good if you heard yourself say that again and i was like oh you're right that was like was. <laughs> and it was one of those multiple moments that i had over yeah. the course of probably like five years hmm. it's like i knew yeah and then i progressively really knew and then it was like okay now i really know and now i actually have to be thinking about how Right. Because I was afraid. I was afraid of just if I just go, I'm done, and then it's like, well, 
Your resume is a one line. <laughs> it, you ain't going to find a job, buddy. Yeah, good <laughs> So luck. I had to like think about that Yeah. before, which I think is normal. Most sure. people in their jobs, if they want a different job, they don't just go, I quit, and then and then like yeah. go online looking for jobs. I mean, some people do, but yeah, they've they've got a lot of nerve. <laughs> yeah, but it's more it's more it's more financially responsible to yeah. think ahead. <laughs> it is, yeah. I I feel like it's probably difficult to be in that space of mentally and spiritually. I I need to be disconnected from this financial yeah. stipulation here. But at the same time, you know, there's security in that. Mm-hmm. Trying to decide, do I stay in this for the security or do I leave it for personal growth? And Especially when go? I feel moments on Sundays that mm-hmm. was like the what we felt on that Sunday. Yeah. It's almost like a, sometimes it can feel like a drug. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where you go, I really like the way that that felt. I want more of that. I want more of that. Mm-hmm. And so then it was like, but Monday through Friday, I was not enjoying, or at least in part, which whatever. Sure. Plenty of people go to their jobs and don't like some of them, some of, some of the parts of their jobs, no doubt. And like I said, it's really was about me growing. But it, when I look back, I'm like, yeah, there were times that I didn't like the Monday through Friday of it all. But man, some magic happened on Sunday. Yeah. You know? And uh, I don't miss it at all. Yeah. I don't know what to say about that. Like, if you, you haven't been going places, do you miss it? Because, um, you know, we had different version of those experiences. I was up on the stage. Yeah. I think there's parts of it that I miss. But as a whole, no. Yeah. Um, I think what I miss is dependent on the people that were there and the things that were going on at that time, like under those circumstances and with those people in that moment, that that's, that's what I miss. And you can't really get back to that because things have changed. People Do you try to moved. maintain friendships with that group you're referring to? Um, Whether it be all of them or some of them? Some of them, not very many. Um, fewer really... and fewer all the time. Oh, yeah. is it fewer and fewer on purpose? Yes. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah. I think I just hit a nerve there. <laughs> a little bit. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think in hindsight, things always look a little different. Right? Was it? Was it? Co- was it COVID? Did, was it? Was was twenty twenty <laughs> or twenty twenty one when you realized that you're not going to be probably continuing to pursue? Them? I think it was before that. Ooh, actually, but. So not related to some yeah. of the things that were brought up in the last couple of years about no. politics or stuff? No, I think I, I knew everything I needed to know before then. Um, Do you want to talk about that? Sure. I mean, we can. Go for it. I don't know. I think um, it's easy to fall into groups of people who make you feel special. But when you realize there are strings attached... You have to be a certain way. You have to be a certain type of person. You have to believe certain things. It can be... You, you realize that it, it actually wasn't like healthy. It has to be like the whole list. It was yeah. like you had to believe this whole thing right. or else you were actually never one of us. Right. And so when you're, when you're in it, it feels so good. You're like, I'm included. I'm a part of this thing that's really special. I feel special. And then suddenly 
you start realizing that any pushback, any debate, any um, difference of opinion, suddenly there's a loosening of the connection. Suddenly you're you're not as included anymore or, um, you know, just, just look at you a little differently each time you say things like that. And so in hindsight, I think those those friendships and those relationships in general were really good for me at the time, taught me a lot of things, but they don't serve me now. Whoa. Um, you know what's crazy is that you weren't really looking to go to church, and then you yeah. were there for a while, haven't really been going anywhere, and you had that experience. I didn't grow up in church either, mm-hmm. but we could run back everything you just said, that was my experience too. Really? Like almost word for word. Hmm. But I would imagine it was for different reasons, although I have a feeling there's probably a couple reasons it isn't different. Yeah. And I was like, uh, everything you just said, oh, I felt special there. Mm-hmm. I did. People told me I was. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, but when we really start talking and there are just like a few things on the list that maybe were not what they thought. Mm-hmm the connection's gone and I feel like I don't even belong there anymore. Yeah. And I was the pastor. Yeah. That's a weird feeling. Super weird. Uh, but so different in the context of the role you were in mm-hmm. that church at the time and the role I was, it, it almost seems like maybe it, it could have been more harmful for you, but maybe I'm assuming something wrong about that. I think it maybe I shouldn't even be comparing about yeah. more or less. No, I think you're right. There's there's sort of a parallel there. Yeah. Um, I think in the in the short term, it seemed very harmful. Like once I realized I don't belong here, I need to get out of this for my own personal well being and growth and um, things like that. But in hindsight, I think it was really important. Because I have a better perspective of the type of relationships that I want now. Same here. I know the people who let me be my authentic self, and they revel in that. And I know the people who have strings attached, and they say, I really like you when you're like this. But aren't there a bunch of people that you actually don't know which category to put them in? Yeah, there's a few gray areas. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little hard to say. What do you do? Those are the people that you don't work so hard to try and keep in touch with, I think. So you you don't go like, you know what? Harmful, and I'm going to go ahead and set the boundary. But yeah. you also don't chase after them either. Right. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean... I got I got a few of those. Yeah, we have, we have a limited <laughs> amount of time in a day, in our life, whatever. You have to decide how you're going to invest it and who you're going to invest it in. So I know the people for sure I want to invest in. And then I know the people who, you know, if they reach out... I'll consider it, you know? I bet you there are so many people listening right now <laughs> that are loving this. Seriously. Yeah. Like what you just said, I bet you resonates with so many people, but in so many different, for so many different reasons. For sure. But it, I think you just hit on something that, as you said it, sounds so obvious, mm-hmm. but I've never heard anyone say it like that before. Thingsaboutthings.com, you know? I don't see why this isn't exploding. It's really good. This is really good, Haley. 
We do what we can. <laughs> yeah, we do what we can. <laughs> but you've always had a way with words, though. You've always been good with words. Sometimes. Depends on the day. <laughs> sure. Wow. I think, for me, a big a big um, shift, one of, one of the reasons or one of the things that made me realize I needed to step away from some of those relationships and that they weren't healthy anymore was coming to terms with my sexuality. I think that played a big role in it, realizing that that was something that was not safe with those people. That was not that's Yeah, okay. that's the, I, I hesitate to say the topic, Right. Because there are so many in this world. For sure. <laughs> but. Big list. It's a biggie on the list. Yeah. It is a tied for a first with a few others. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that, when you came to terms with that, is that the way you worded it? Yeah. Well, uh, when was that? About 20... 15, 2016. Um, yeah, I was, um, when I first started going to the heart, I was, um, dating a guy. Whoa, are you serious? Yeah. You mean (laughs) right when I met you is when you were, or right after that or whatever? Yeah. I didn't know any of this. Yeah. I was dating a guy at the time. Whoa. And, um, this is a really close friend. Yeah. And I, I would consider us still friends today. Cool. Um, well, there's a reason why you wanted to hang out with him. Yeah. He's a cool guy. Yeah. Yeah. And I we think we tried a relationship because we were such good friends. We were like, this just seems natural. This seems right. Right, right. And in my head, I knew if I couldn't make it work with this guy who I had this really special relationship <laughs> right. with, it wasn't going to happen. Maybe I'm not into guys. Yep. Maybe <laughs> right. I'm not. <laughs> right. And when we realized it wasn't working, it wasn't a long relationship, five or six months. Did it start? And did you go... Hey man, you're a really good guy. Did you lead with you're a really good guy? <laughs> no, I did not. No, it was it was more of a slow burn, you know. It oh, okay. was like, um, you know, this isn't working out, you know. Yeah. Let's let's end this and let's come back to the table in a little while and see if we can keep this friendship. And cool. we were able to keep the friendship. Um and it wasn't until later that I was like, Yeah, I'm I'm done trying. I'm I'm yeah. I'm ready to just be my authentic self. Yeah. I've I've given it my my due diligence, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. And then I met my now wife, Kaylee, and... Right off the bat? Yeah. It was around that same time. I, I met her at work, and I was still dating the guy when I met her, and <laughs> when I met her, I was like, I got to break this off. <laughs> Haley, Haley, you tried the guys. Yeah, I tried. I don't mean to say, like, all the guys. Like, I tried I don't all mean the guys. That. I don't mean that. No, Jason, I tried, tried all the guys. multiple guys. Let's just say multiple guys. Yeah. And you're like, like, and then you tried one girl. One. The mm-hmm. end. Yep. <laughs> Ding. <laughs> yep. This wow, lucky ringer. Lucky yeah. shot. First shot. For sure. Congrats. Thank first you. shot. <laughs> Trained it. <laughs> Big fan. <laughs> now you're married. Yep. But that was I didn't a know big this. transformation, I think. You know what's fascinating? It This just occurred to me. There's a sig- I think that there's a notable relationship between a human that stands on a stage mm-hmm. over and over and over again and the human, mm-hmm. the one human, not like hypothetical, right? the human that's sitting on the front and the center just about every time. Mm-hmm. You had more freedom 
because it wasn't your job. See, I was there more than you. <laughs> I was only there more than you because it was my job, not because I wanted to be there more than you. Yeah. Like half the time I was like, but the weather's good and I want to go camping. Totally. But I was like, I mean, it's my job. So I gave it everything I had anyway, but I wanted to be camping. Totally. You probably were camping sometimes. So I beat you by a few Couple Sundays. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I beat you by a few Sundays, but for yeah. the most part, for years, I was here and you, Haley, mm-hmm. Jason and Haley. Yep. And I didn't even know that what you just told me. Yeah, there's a lot going on. <laughs> But also, it wasn't really in the nature of our conversations. Yeah, we were usually talking about something like the symbolism of numbers and like cool nerdy stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I wasn't gonna be like, "Oh yeah, the nuance," and then go. By the way, are you gay? Like, I just wasn't (laughs) part of the conversation. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, I find it fascinating that we both would. Ex- describe our experiences there the same way. Yeah. That's notable. The relationship sure. between on the stage and sitting there and we felt like we had the same experience. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah, it's super cool. Yeah. I feel like that when I go to concerts. Yes, that's a really good parallel. <laughs> I'm front and center. Oh. So I'm Haley when I go to concerts. And the band is Jason. The band is Jason. The difference is they don't know who I am. <laughs> Loses every time. <laughs> I lose that one every time. <laughs> but I swear, I swear if they gave me the microphone, I'd be ready. You know what I'm saying? Oh, totally. Yeah. Am I, is that a common feeling? Oh, definitely. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, it is. <laughs> yeah, I'm always prepared. I'm like, all right, just in case. Were you ever like that with teaching? If I would have been like, my throat hurts. Haley, can you just hit it? Would you have been like, got it? I think it depends on what we're talking about. Sure. There was there was definitely some times where I was like, I feel like I have something to add to this. I know, yeah. and I, I knew that that would exist Yeah, because I felt that on the other side. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what to do about it. I think that's one of the things about church that is... Lacking? Lacking, yeah. There's there's not really discourse. Like, it's called preaching for a reason. There's one person or re- preaching. Or regardless of what you called it, if there's 600 people in the room and right. one person <laughs> with the microphone, logistically, it's hard to have a conversation. Yeah, totally. It would be... You wouldn't even get anywhere. No. There'd be so many chimes. In, I mean, I feel, I feel like five is pushing it. Yeah. There'd be a lot of... You can do it. Yeah. <laughs> But not 500, certainly. No. I would say not even 50. No. Not um, for an effective conversation. Yeah. I like two things about things.com. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, or three or four. Yeah. I like that. Five, cool. As long as there's not another person that talks as much as me, too much like I do. Because right. I talk too much. So if there's a second Jason, five is too many people. In the room. <laughs> too many Jasons. <laughs> too, too many, many cooks. <laughs> yeah, you don't want another one of me <laughs> in a conversation, I promise. So so you eventually felt excluded in some way based on that? That was part of it, yeah. I think that was sort of the most noticeable, the most obvious reason. But there were other things, you know. Like... The where did Trinity come from, or like other just doctrinal things, or yeah. were they also the on the list things? 
Yeah, I think a little bit of both. Um, well, Trinity one was on. I mean, a long time ago, that was the one on the top of the list. Like yeah. people were excommunicated because of their opinion of the Trinity. Right. It's just la- sort of feels laughable in our culture now. Yeah. But it wasn't when it was the topic. It was like they people were divided and killed. <laughs> yeah, but even even something um, like the uh, the shape of God, like is God. Um, you know, a man, is it a male, that type of thing, this gendered nature of God and things like that. So I'd I'd question things like that, or I'd offer these ideas of, you know, maybe that's not exactly how it is. I know that that's, you know, some of the imagery that we're given, you know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. But I don't know that it's that literal. I don't think we can say that, well, yeah, God is a man. That's why... You know, men yeah. are head of the household, yeah. and, um, you know, women are supposed to be submissive, things like yeah. that. Yeah, you touched on the another one that's tied for first, Yeah, basically. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, yeah. they're right there. <laughs> I mean, it's just, if you were to pull one audience, they would tell you uh, one of them is number one, and then a different audience, the Go other one. Go back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> Family feud. But you, <laughs> when you talk about the anything about the male dominance yeah. of a religion... And it's easy to blame Christianity because of just the, what we're, the context we're talking about. But sure. uh, Google the history of civilization. It, it's going to suppress women. Yeah. Uh, and like still is. But we're trying. Yeah. Still is, but we're trying. Back then, you could argue, weren't even trying. <laughs> yeah. All in, right? Like, Patriarchy across yeah. the board. <laughs> <laughs> Called it that, right? Yeah. And you, you question that. And you used the word literal. Like you went, bam, wham. Oh, yeah, there was a bunch. I, I was and they were like, off. Yeah. And the thing <laughs> is, I'm the same in the same stage of life. We're making sure that the relationships are the ones that I think are healthy for my life. And Yeah. Not to say that I want to be in a bubble and not listen to people different than me, because sure. I very much do want to listen to people different than me. But I found, and for me, COVID kind of revealed a lot. But I could backtrack it several years before that, too. But um. 2016, too. Yeah. It revealed some stuff around then, too. Yeah. Uh, And I was like, oh. And uh, I like it better now that I know. Right. Even though it's hard and it's strange Mm -hmm. at times, I like it better now that I just know. Right. You know, but the... Our experience being so different and so the same is fascinating to me. It is really interesting. Yeah. Well, what, like, I have no idea what to do about that moving forward in the world from an institutional perspective. Because I used to be so, I never thought of myself as an institutional person. Mm -hmm. I never even thought of myself as a pastor. It never felt like, ever. Yeah. My whole, the whole time for 23 years. Mm Mm-hmm. It was like I was wearing someone else's clothes. Yeah. But I don't mean that I was pretending to be somebody that I'm not. I mean the title. Yeah. Like when you saw me when I was standing there, I really was being myself. Mm-hmm. I, I held back some of the cuss words for the sake of, you know, there's ki- <laughs> there's kids in the room. Yeah. Not that I think it's like wrong to sure. use those words, but it doesn't help in that kind of context. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I mean, like it's really me, but... Then it's like, but I want to start saying some more things. Mm-hmm. And then I, the way that I said them to hold the tension, 
if there's anything that I can think of that I ever did on that stage that is not 100% authentically me, it was, I think it might have been that. Hmm. Interesting. Be- because even though I think it was, I was trying something positive, mm-hmm. like let's be together. I mean, you, the world, well, it still is very, a lot of tension, but yeah. s- some 2016, 17, 18, like 20, continuing. But you th- right then, though, especially for me at least, oh, I yeah. felt a shakedown, man. Yeah. It's like the smoke cleared and everybody could see whose side everybody was on. <laughs> and then I'm the only one up there and yeah. I'm supposed to say something. Yeah. So I go, <laughs> what if we were friends, everyone? And they were like, oh, yeah, that's good. I should have said what I thought. And in some ways I did. And some people actually told me that I did too much of that. And they left because of it. Mm -hmm. Like there were a lot, actually. Yeah. But I got to say, the one that I left out was LGBTQ. Mm -hmm. That's the one I left out. Yep. And it's because I was afraid. Yeah. Like there there I could I could say other things and no. they would be true things. Yeah. But deep down as I was afraid for my job. No, I get it. But the thing is it was wrong. Like it was. Like mm-hmm. I, I it's it's a legitimate reason. You know, like one that I think anybody would go, yeah, totally understand. Yeah. You know. Um no no points off. We you know, we don't take any points off. Yeah. Like, we get it. But deep down, I was afraid. And it was because well, it was because of my job, but also more specifically, not everybody within the leadership agreed. Mm-hmm. So there brings up the word institution again. Right. Because if there's a rule, the fact that we don't agree is a problem. Yeah. Why? Because we have to create a rule. Mm-hmm. If you don't unified, if you don't have a rule, mm-hmm. you can be cool it, to a degree. Yeah, I don't mean I don't mean extreme negative people, hateful. I don't mean that stuff. Yeah, but the nuances of life. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way I think of it now is, if you like small government and lower taxes, totally cool. I love having conversations about stuff like that. Right. That's the kind of nuance I want to be a part of. The, you're talking political and you go into some other hate. I don't even want to have the conversation with you if right. it involves hate speech or all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But anyway, <clears throat> I didn't know what to do because when people didn't agree with each other on leadership and some sort of rule, uh, I think that I felt as if my, my opinion, official mm-hmm. opinion – would be me trying to say, I know that I've said that we can all believe whatever and we can be together. Right. But this is the one I think because Mm -hmm. I was afraid that that would harm the community. Makes sense. But then I did, I, then I talked about racial injustice, Mm -hmm. but I had been doing that one for years. Yeah. That had come up periodically. I'm sorry. That's okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really know how I should have done it. And yeah. I, again, not trying to live in the regret because that's not going to help mm-hmm. much. But 
damn, I wish I would have figured it out. I tr- I tried to ha- I I presented the leadership and the staff with all these different perspectives so we could like talk about it, not to create the rule, but just so we could listen to other perspectives. Right. <clears throat> and I would describe that as not going well. It's probably a, a <laughs> nice way to put it, I'm sure. No, no, it's but I would say it's an accurate way to put it. Okay. It it wasn't an explosive thing. I just th- I don't think it went well. Mm-hmm. I should have either left well enough alone and never brought it up right. or just said what I thought. Yeah. Because I probably was I mean most of my adult life been affirming. Mm-hmm. But not understanding at first I didn't really understand what I meant when I said that. Right. Um you know, because I've been trying to listen more to perspectives and listen to from the LGBTQ community. Like, what's the story? What's your story? I'm listening. Yeah. As opposed to, I think I know how they would feel kind of thing. Like, this is what they say, they how they feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that the vibe I got was that it would have been healthier <clears throat> to just go ahead and say a stance. Mm-hmm. So that everyone knows and everyone can make their decision based on that. I think it would have made a big difference for the feeling of inclusion. Absolutely, yeah. That that was the big thing, I think. Um, The people that I knew that didn't stick around, that came and didn't stay. They felt safe at first. Well, that that was the major pain point, I think, that that didn't come up. Yes. The omission of that conversation was was for a lot of people... Silence speaks very loud. Yeah, for a lot of people, the omission meant, well, we know what he thinks. We know what he thinks. It's obviously the other side, and he doesn't want to say it. You know, it's it's not um, inclusion. It's It's not not inclusion. Yeah, I think people assumed it was not inclusion because of the omission. And Um, and that's because of me trying to represent all of the voices in the leadership... Some of, some of which didn't, that are not affirming. Yeah. Um, ad- adamantly. Right. And I don't mean hate speech um, or harming anyone, not that. Yeah, but they just feel very just strongly. Feels very strongly. Yeah. Um, so if I say that, I feel as if the, this is inevitably true, what I'm about to say, but I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. It would have been an immediate... Split of a church based on only one issue. Yeah. Not a plurality of issues. Mm-hmm. Not a combination of a lot of ways of thinking and nuance of thought coming to be in a certain kind of community. It would be like, yeah. Th- the, here's the line. Mm-hmm. You're over here, or you're over here. And I actually think it would have harmed something. Yeah. But maybe I'm just talking from my fear. Maybe. It's hard to say in hindsight, you know. Um, Did you resent that I didn't talk about it? I didn't resent it, but I I had a hard time figuring out where you stood for a long time. Really? Dang I, it. I would go back and forth. I'd be like, no, I think he's affirming. And then I'd be like, mm, I don't know. Like there would be something. The I don't said. know part is probably just as a straight white guy, I didn't always know the right way to say things. Well, even the, I don't know. Conversation jelly belly conversation <laughs> beans. Did you plan that? No. <laughs> Are you sure? But uh 
I will say I got him. Well, I guess sort of. I got him because I, I was trying to find us those um, chalky little heart things oh, that yeah. have the messages on them. What are they called? Um, uh, I don't know. I don't think I've you ever know what actually I'm talking bought about, them. Though? They're always just like given to me and yeah, stuff. Yeah, uh, I couldn't find them. They, I think they're sold out or something. Probably. Because I saw them it's at the grocery up. store. But so then Jelly Belly comes along, which, uh, by the way, uh, shout out. I'm not sure if Jelly Belly is one of the, our sponsors. <laughs> they are now. <laughs> they are now. About to be. <laughs> Thanks, Jelly uh, Belly. Yeah, but they say here you have a couple oh, and sweet. look, see if we can have a conversation starter. They don't say anything on them. Come on. <laughs> I feel lied to. No, no. It says, text me. Oh. <laughs> Mine says, I'm orange. No. I'm just kidding. Um, oh, my glasses my on. My going out, by the way. Yeah, I don't have my glasses on. No one tasted about the same as the other one. Hmm. Smile? This is the worst conversation starter. <laughs> what kind of conversation bean would just say, Smile. I don't know. I guess one that only has a small font available. Yeah, right. One, they're like, look, man, we got six letters with a four font. So what much. do you want from us? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good conversation starter. Well. Wow. The things I would have done differently. Or I, may, maybe I would have. I don't know. Yeah. It's so hard in life to look back. Because I thought I was speaking in code to everybody that was cool. Well, and sometimes it felt like that. Okay. Sometimes it didn't. Whoa. <laughs> it's hard. I'm yeah. so curious to know what yeah. those moments were. The, I think just the ambiguity of it was oh, really sure. hard. To, just silence itself. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's easy to try and fill in the blanks with whatever lens you're looking at things through. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why some people stayed and some people left. Some people were like, I can read the code. And other people were like, I'm reading he's this not code differently. Saying it, right? <laughs> yeah. He's not saying it, so it's not enough. It's yeah. not affirming. Mm-hmm. Which I actually, um, if I imagine it to be race-related, right? and if some horrific thing happened, and then I was super neutrally ambiguous, like it's like, well, if he's not gonna say this, right, then maybe he's really just trying to avoid this, and mm-hmm. he's trying to be cool, yeah, but he's not cool. Thing is, Haley, there are people there like that. They would have agreed with everything that I said, mm-hmm. and going like, yes, 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 everything you said, I co- totally agree, and they're not affirming. Yes, ah, oh, and I think that, that was, was a lonely was feeling hard. for years. Yeah. I did not like that feeling. Mm-hmm. I'd never want to have that feeling again. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying I never want to be a peacekeeper. Sure. But I don't want to have that feeling again, this ongoing, like, mm-hmm. more and more and more people ha- rumbling about a topic. Mm-hmm. And then I go, there are a plurality of perspectives here, and I think it's healthy for people to listen to each other. And yeah. they go, he's not affirming. And it's like, that's not even the point no. of what I was saying, Don't though. hear what I'm not saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I still wish I would have brought it up. But I think what I, what I should have done is, do you, ever, do you ever, like, decide something in your heart based on a hypothetical situation with no plan? Yes. Uh, I know that was really complex No, and I, weird. I, I, I think I know what you mean. Like one day I want to live in Hawaii. <laughs> it's, yeah. It'd be great. You're not doing anything about that, you know. Yeah. Uh, I imagined myself. When I wrote the whole thing, mm-hmm. I faced 
what I thought was going to be my job being over based yeah. on the end of the book. Nobody even said anything. Yeah. No one cared. It was just like, oh, fine, he wrote a book. Good. Yay. I don't think anyone really... It didn't strike them to be as major as I felt it was. Yeah. But that feeling was so strong in me of being willing to just be like, if I have to resign because of this, then I'm, I guess that's what happens. But I want to say what I, funny thing is I've grown past that book anyway. Yeah. But that's okay. I still like it. I did a good job. I tried hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, it's like a timestamp, right? It, yeah. It, it that's shows right. where you were at that time. Yeah. And uh, I imagined myself getting fired for officiating a same sex wedding. Wow. I like, I pictured it. Mm hmm. And I was like, I'm, I'll do it. And then I never even talked about LGBTQ on the stage. Yeah. Which means I romanticized in my head this martyr. I'm willing to be a martyr. Right. Like this really self-centered, mm -hmm. like egotistical, hypothetical situation. Yeah, that's interesting. And then I was too afraid to even say anything on the stage. <laughs> but I said, I said a lot of things to people not on the stage. Yeah. It was the microphone that I was most afraid to mm -hmm. to say it into. Yeah. Which is the one that most people have heard. Yeah. Well and I think um for me, I think I never directly brought it up outside of the microphone because it was never said in the microphone. That makes a lot of sense. I was like, I don't know that this is a topic we can touch, so I'm not gonna Dang touch it. it. Yeah. And I was like, I think she's gay. You were right. <laughs> and uh, But she hasn't said anything to me. So therefore, maybe she doesn't want to talk about it. There we go. Going in circles. Like, really? Wow. I was like, a person isn't defined by their sexual orientation. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to be like the straight dude. Yeah. That was like, I'm not defining you by your orientation. You're Haley. You tell me who you are. And you were like, want to talk about all this cool philosophical <laughs> stuff. And I was like, that's what Haley wants to talk about. So I that's really what we're talk talking about. about. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, I'm not going to treat Haley just like the gay girl. Cool. Even though I knew plenty of gay girls. Yeah. But the, you were the front and center one. I was. Yeah. Front row, man. Uh, Hard to compete with that. <laughs> how, how. Not should I, because again, I don't want to live in regret. Right. How could I have brought that up properly? Or another way to say it is, for next time, Jason is in a similar life moment with a human. Yeah. Because I can't rewind time. I don't know. That's a good question. I'm not sure I have an answer for you. Because, Yeah. I mean... I'm I'm coming from a, a different perspective too. Yeah, you know? absolutely. It's hard for me to put myself in your shoes. What would you have wanted to hear? Like, I don't necessarily know if I wanted or needed to hear that my relationship with, you know, my now wife was equal to that of any other heterosexual relationship. I mean, that would have been great, but. I don't think that's really what I was looking for. I think I was mostly looking for something explicit about, hey, if you are LGBT, you're welcome here. 
Just that. Like you have a right. Station. We don't have to go into all the every single bullet point. Yeah. But just I, say that. Say it out loud. Yeah. You don't have to choose a, a firmly held belief in terms of like how that plays out biblically, or or how that plays out. Um, you know, yeah. within the no, relationship no. of leadership. I get it. Maybe maybe here's another way to say it. I now own a button mm-hmm. that's a flag and it says ally. And that would have been enough. And I wear it around town or on my hat or whatever. Yeah. So even if I was, if I would have been like ally, and then I'm up there doing my neutral talk, they would have been like, y'all, you would have been like, okay, mm-hmm. he's saying it with the ally pen. Yep, I think that. But even, it, that even better if I went all out with sure. the whole deal, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you want to go all out, we're not going to hold you back. <laughs> but, but at least throw a flag on the backpack or something. Yeah, something that, <laughs> something explicit. You yeah, know? yeah. But I should have said it. I don't know. I think um. Could have said it. Didn't say it. Say it. I'll say it. In hindsight. I'm saying it now. I'm saying it next time. <laughs> In hindsight, <laughs> it's easy to say, you know, we should have yeah. done something. But I think that the the hindsight and knowing that you, quote unquote, should have done it differently is a sign of growth, right? If you were at this point now and you weren't thinking, oh, I yeah. should have done it differently. But I feel, like I'm, I feel like I'm receiving so much mercy when you say it that way. Because I didn't speak affirmation over you. What's wrong with mercy? It, there's nothing wrong with it. I'm <laughs> just saying I'm acknowledging it. Yeah. It's And I feel like it's significant. And it, I don't think it's normally how people are treated. I think it's easy to, to demonize people for mistakes or, you know, even if they're repeated mistakes and things like that. But that doesn't feel very constructive. It doesn't feel like... Yeah. You know. Well, I've actually found in my experiences that as as a general rule, which it's always hard to say a general rule, but people groups that have been oppressed or mistreated or marginalized or, you know, pushed to the side, mm-hmm. whether it's whatever to whatever extreme it is, but it's like it, it's pushed yeah. down or to the side, marginalized. What I found is, in general, overall, those groups extend so much mercy. Like, I know that there's plenty of people that don't. Like, there's always going to be people that are just so irately mad. Totally. Totally, that's going to happen. But I mean, like, statistically, in my experiences, Mm -hmm. it's like mercy, 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 mercy. Why do you think that is? I never thought about that. Like if there's this, you know, visible trend that you've noticed in your personal experience. You want my joke version first? Yes. Everybody but straight white guys are are wonderful people. That's a good joke, but also... Like, of course everyone extends mercy. That's what all humans do. Except (laughs) except straight white guys. (laughs) They just push everybody down. Right. Their time, it's fallen... (laughs) <laughs> it's not over yet, but the foundation has been cracked and nope. it is tipping over, and we all know it. Um, Rome is crumbling. Yeah, and I'm <laughs> and I'm cool with it. Yeah, even if I'm, you know, hopefully the the fall won't be like catastrophic, because I think, I think that so. I think that it's a statue of the man, not yeah. every man. Mm-hmm. Like the images of that collapse, it's, yeah. it doesn't mean like yes, all white men are going to be like hung. No, it's the symbol and it's the power. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there are wonderful straight white men, totally. of course. You know, but man, we've done a lot of damage. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So why else though? Why would there be mercy? Yeah. Why do you think that these groups, historically, in your experience, are more willing to extend mercy? I think they know how bad it is to be hurt by someone. And because they know how bad that hurts, they never want anybody to feel that with that way. I think you're right. Yeah. That's what, when I think of what I've listened to with, look, we started like KRS one, like the mm-hmm. black experience and yeah. hip hop. That's what I hear. Mm-hmm. That's what I hear with almost all voices of people of color, almost all voices I've ever heard in the LGBTQ community. There mm-hmm. are exceptions. Yeah. Haters going to hate. You know what I'm saying? Oh, for sure. It's just the way it goes. <laughs> That's life. And it kind of has to happen. Yeah. There has to be a pendulum swing that pushes against horrible things. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it has to be um, very, very strong and maybe even violent. Those aren't the ones that I like. Right. But it has to happen socially mm-hmm. for in civilization. You don't just ask nicely for somebody to stop oppressing you. Yeah. Forever. Exactly. Eventually, you got to make it happen. Yeah. It's not pretty. And I don't want to be not. a part of it. And I bet you there are some people that were a part of it that didn't want to be a part of it. Oh, definitely. Definitely. But I think you're right. I think... On some level, it's hard to even know how to extend mercy if you haven't experienced the other side of that, right? When you've experienced being hurt really, really bad by a group of people or even, you know, by one person. It's kind of hard to know the value of mercy if you haven't felt that before. It doesn't have as much weight, I don't think. Yeah. It just made me think of the blessed or the merciful mm-hmm. from a whole nother perspective, actually. Oh, interesting. Just if they, if you've gone through oppression mm-hmm. and then when you are have an opportunity to do something in response and you're merciful, mm-hmm. dude, you just inherited the kingdom. Yeah. That is what the kingdom is. It's like I, I would say that that teaching – it represents, I think, part of an essence of how I envision Jesus of Nazareth mm-hmm. that isn't so much about a religion, because I don't think he invented a religion. Right. I think he said something that's so good with this, ble- you know, blessed of the merciful. Mm-hmm. It transcends any of that kind of which religion it came from. And you could say it in a different way Mm -hmm. instead of like the kingdom. You could use another another phrase that another faith community from a different part of the world, whatever they would call it, and they would go, blessed are the merciful because they are the enlightened ones. Blessed are the merciful. And it's like it it resonates because it's just straight up true across the board. Mm -hmm. Those are my favorites. Those the simplest... Yeah. You know, like my one of my professors, Dr. Schwabscher. It's a cool name. Yeah, Harvey. <laughs> he makes me call him Harvey. He's nice. <laughs> it was it's been hard. It's been lots of years. I still have a hard time calling him by his first name. <laughs> he said, uh, 
you know, any, any fool can, can talk, get up there and talk for hours. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people, they're not afraid to listen to their own voice. Yeah. Uh, it takes a real master to say just a few words and for people to still be talking about it later. Yeah. So like whether you believe in Jesus or not, whether, whether you are part of a Christian faith or not, that's not even really the point of this point. Yeah. It's when you're that good of a teacher, mm-hmm. you know, you just say like a sentence and people are arguing about it 2,000 years later. Yeah. Whoa, <laughs> you know how to teach, man. Mm-hmm. You struck a nerve. When did Jesus m- clarify his stance on something that the culture would have been? What was what was one of the ones that Jesus was facing that was like his LGBTQ topic? And how did he yeah. face it? Yeah. I think of touching the bleeding woman. Yeah. Or the woman at the well, maybe mm-hmm. just maybe just women being a part of the yeah, whole deal. That's kind of what I was thinking was just the the relationship with women in general, the way that they were viewed. I think that's a big one, especially given the extreme patriarchy of that context. Too. Which brings us back to patriarchy. Yeah, <laughs> what we talked about earlier. The irony of it is, for the language to be father son. Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. to kind of question that. But the son is the one who was... Right. Like going, oh, women are completely part of this. Mm-hmm. A shift a shift happened, like historically. Mm-hmm. A shift happened in that moment, or in that religion. Right. There were other communities that... Totally. Women were, had more um, rights and stuff like that than mm-hmm. an ancient Israelite culture. Shift happened. We are, we are in the middle of that mm-hmm. shift big time right now. Definitely. I don't know when it started. I I have a theory. I think Serena Williams is the epicenter of it. Interesting. Yeah. Um, be, being a woman of color is even more so part of the point. Right. But even if she was not a person of color, I think... Just the fact that she's a woman that she's like, no, nah, I'm the greatest. Well, she didn't say it this way, but like <laughs> the argument of her being the greatest athlete, mm-hmm. period. Yeah. As opposed to like the best female athlete. Yeah. Yeah, we don't need a separate category, you know? Right. And I think it's in uh, Meghan Markle. Yeah. Have you seen any of these interviews with him, her and Harry and stuff? Yeah, really, really interesting. I think she's part of it. Mm-hmm. They're friends. Something's going on. It's like a, a culmination of something that's been building for a long time that the word feminism doesn't quite capture. Right. Although feminism, absolutely necessary. Back to that pendulum swing thing. Mm-hmm. And eventually you just go like enough. Yeah. And then me too. There's like this enough. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, but then mercy comes. And I think that's that's happening right now. It's like there was a and and uh, as there there probably will continue to be, you know, mm-hmm. men are still going to do a whole bunch of bad things, and so people in general are people are yeah. right. I mean, we can single out the men, but you know, <laughs> it ain't hard. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> but people yeah. in general, you know. Yeah, people. Yeah. So anyway, I think 
I don't know why. Same with the hip hop thing I was talking about. I love to try to find like where did this thing? How is this happening? The、mm-hmm. culmination of this. What's the first hip hop song? Yeah. The nuance of hip hop and rap. When there was a shift of like, I'm I'm nerding out over this stuff. A shift of there was a it was a DJ, and、mm-hmm. then an MC was really there to kind of just hype up the crowd and point back to the DJ. Yeah. And then an MC kind of evolved into they're going to talk more. Yeah. And then they're going to be a rapper, and then、mm-hmm. the DJ may or may not be like as prominent now or known. Their DJ might not be famous, but at first it was.、Mm-hmm. I'm like Serena. Who <clears throat> who influenced Serena? It's a good question. The one person that I know influenced her is a big time hard father. And I have a feeling that she, even though she became the product of his tennis ways, yeah, something, and she was like, "I'm not going to be talked to like that anymore."、Mm. It's interesting. I, it's I feel like part of the reason why it's so hard to find to pinpoint the beginning of something is because of essentially like the butterfly effect, right? There's no way Some, something happens and it triggers something else and it triggers something else. Everything's connected and until. We realize everything's connected. You're going to go on these wild goose chases all over, all these different directions. It'll never end. Yeah. But sometimes major moments happen in the world. Yeah, transitional moments where all of a sudden, like it, it pushes it a little harder in that direction.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're we're definitely in one of those now. And COVID is not the cause, but maybe a rev a revealer. Or、yeah. part of a revelation of something.、Mm-hmm. Although I think I felt that before COVID. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But it's still COVID is like part of that、mm-hmm. window of time. I think the the beginning of that for me, where I really started seeing a major shift, was Trump getting elected. Monumental moment. I think that was the the biggest thing, and then after that, there have been like smaller. Also big, but smaller moments like COVID.、Um, so maybe Trump is the mascot, so to speak, not the only issue, but the mascot of yeah of it. Maybe you know what? Maybe COVID magnified it. I think that's the right word.、Yeah. It wasn't its own. It it put it like, into、focus. Trump's face. Yep. Now put a magnifying glass over Trump's face. Yikes! That's <laughs> terrifying. Hey. <laughs> I would like to sleep. Welcome to、tonight. the twenties. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't want to think about that. <laughs> wow. Because I mean, from that point forward, that's when you really, we could really clearly see the divisiveness. Like it had been growing for years and growing for years, and you could see it little pockets here and there. But then, after Trump gets elected, you really clearly see how divided. It's like the parting of the Red Sea. You've got. These two sides, and it is clear as day, you know, and not very much in the middle. There's like nobody in the middle there. It feels very. I thought、nothing. I was trying to do that, Haley. Yeah. It didn't. I did not enjoy that at all. It's hard. Yeah, I lost a good chunk of friends. Were they friends? That's the thing I'm trying to figure out. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, I thought so at the time. I really did. Like、yeah. Christmas Eve together, kind of stuff.、Mm-hmm. Close, not just like, "Hey, what's up? We should hang out sometime." Right. And then to go 
from that to like, oh. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the hardest things that people have to figure out when it comes to relating to other people is how do I relate to somebody with a different value system? That's that's kind of what it comes down to. That's right. It's a value system. It's not, oh, you're a bad person. It's you have a completely different value system than I do. How are we going to find some common ground so that we can coexist? We don't have to be best friends, but how can we coexist with these completely different value systems? Yeah. If we're making laws that are going against one person's value system, but you know, supporting another one or, or yeah. validating another one, that's when there's tension. Absolutely. Right? You yeah. can't make everybody happy. But no. what, what's the answer there? How do, we, how do we find this common ground? How do we relate across value systems? It's and I don't probably wanna, the hardest thing. And I don't want to make it seem like the dividing line is the, which political party you vote for. Right. Like it, just like I don't like the fact that there are only two, I don't like the results in our culture of the fact that there are only two. What's that whole rules thing again, right? We've created these rules. You're either this or you're this. There's right. not a lot of room for anything else. And so that's it's very limiting. How, do, how is there room for any exploration or creativity or growth, evolution? Things and like I think that? That one of the reasons why I felt lonely was because I was trying to be in the middle. Mm-hmm. It's because I naively wish that there wasn't a such thing as one of those two things. Yeah. But then I was like, I finally got just tired. And I was like, oh, well then I'll just hang out with my friends that we all kind of see things the same, just like everybody else that I saw for years. Yeah. I'm up on the stage seeing like the little bubbles and clicks and Mm -hmm. I'm the one. And I was like, that must be nice. (laughs) And now I got like a handful of friends in the neighborhood and yeah. they're cool and that's cool. I don't I don't want to talk about all of these like uh things that I thought maybe we could be nuanced about, but now I just want to go toe to toe about the black and white issue. Mm-hmm. Nah. Yeah. It's hard to be in the middle when there are so clearly defined sides. Because there's that yeah. we have this natural sense that we want belonging, we want right. community. Yeah. And there's no community or belonging in, in the gray area in the middle. Yeah. yeah. But, like, how are you supposed to have those conversations about, yeah. like, when it's a different value system? Mm-hmm. Like, I thought I knew, but I feel like the rules changed. Like, I thought... I've been reading books about this and, and like, listening to voices about this for years. Mm-hmm. And thought I knew how to have those conversations. Yeah. And then it it changed and it got so much more extreme. Now I'm like, I don't want to have that conversation anymore. I think that that reminds me of... Um, oh, I keep kicking this. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of just the shortcomings of human language. Yeah. Right? And and the communication process in general, right? So there's, there's a sender. I'm sending you information, but... In between me sending it and it getting to you, it can be misconstrued. You have to receive it, and I have to try and communicate it the way I intend it, so you receive it the way I intend it, and then you respond back to me. And so there's so many ways, there's so many opportunities for it to go awry. Yeah. Kimberly and I talk about this all the time. Yeah. It's hard enough when you're a couple who loves each other. Yeah. There's still like, oh, I thought you were thinking the exact opposite of that. Yeah. 
and we we get each other and mm-hmm. we still have those moments yeah it's really hard it's so hard um it's just a shortcoming of language and, and human communication in general and trying to figure out how to be as clear as possible is it's just like the bare minimum of trying to relate to somebody with a different value system it's like how can i be as specific and clear as possible so you're not misreading this you're not having a different connotation to the words I'm saying. Because mm-hmm. that, that's when things start getting a little iffy, right? You say something and you think it's polite, you think it's PC, whatever, and then it gets kind of misconstrued into something else or, yeah. or taken the, the wrong way, the way yeah. you didn't mean it. That's right. And then it escalates from there. And so I, I think we're we're dealing with an issue that's beyond just, okay, well... You have a different value system than I am. We're we're going as far as humans just don't know how to communicate. I can't take what's in my brain and put it in your brain. It's not that that's similar. But I think we're vibing. Totally. I don't know what you're thinking. <laughs> I'm vibing. But I, you know, <laughs> yeah. so something is a, something can be accomplished. Yeah. And in my experience, it's when you have a good conversation, mm-hmm. it accomplishes so much. I think Instead just, of a tweet or a yeah. Instagram post, which a meme and like totally. if, it's like, or even like here, read this article. It's like I could, but if I were to read it, I would still be reading it with my bias, not with right. yours. Yeah. So how about we just have a conversation? But people, I don't think people want to have conversations because well, that requires active listening, which is very hard for people. Active listening is very hard, <laughs> and not coming in with a. A plan to defeat the other. Yeah, like I'm not here to try and change your mind about oh, like, things. Oh, we'll have a conversation. I'll tell them how they're wrong. It's like, yeah. that's not what a conversation is. I'm going to walk away the winner. <laughs> yeah, it's not a conversation. That's hardly even a debate. There are times that I'm like, I'm going to go into this conversation and I will listen, but I know that I will not agree with them at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Like I've had those moments and I know that's sure. not, you know, it shows that I have some room for growth, but sometimes I'm like, dude, if you heard what they said, you would understand, you know. Yeah. It's the wackiest, uh, conspiracy theorist, hate-filled, homophobic, racist, whatever. I'm not like, I'm listening. You know, I'm just yeah. like, <laughs> I don't want to have this conversation anymore. Yeah. It feels pointless. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not learning from them, you know. No. <laughs> I'm not seeing my weaknesses in theirs. And like, mm-hmm. it's like a mirror. Like, no, it's worse than that. I don't want to do that. Yeah. But I'm holding on that there's still hope. Yeah, ideally. Because <laughs> those are extreme. And my hope and my theory is it's going to fade. Yeah. Oh, I, I it's just a naive hope. <laughs> His history tells me otherwise, I think. But yeah, I have hope. Well, I mean, if we're looking at it, at it like on a linear scale, right? You've yeah. got these people who are the extremes at the, the margins of the line. If people continue to get pushed to the margins, that's when we're going to have an issue. We need to start pulling people to the center. So even even yeah. though we don't want to listen to the, the, you know, racist, homophobic, can't can't listen or hold a conversation kind of people, I think... There is value in trying to find a way to reach them in some capacity. Because if we don't, we risk their movement growing, people pushing people to the margins, and then having more of that extremism. 
So it's it's how how do we how do we tap into those people? How do we reach them where they're at without demonizing them, without completely cutting them off? Because I don't know. Yeah, there were people at the heart that accused me of doing that. Really, that I was marginalizing conservatives. <laughs> That's, That's interesting. That was my response too. It's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> um. But that's what you're talking about, sort of, yeah. right? You're talking about not marginalizing. Mm-hmm. Well, how do you do that? I, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. That's like that's the million dollar question, right? Like, how do we, how do we do that? And and again, it it takes two people to decide. We're we're gonna come to the table and have a conversation and not try and you know change each other. Yeah, there ha- there have to be there have to be not really rules, but like a healthy expectation. Mm-hmm or for lack of a better word, rule, that there will not be violence. Yeah. Like it's not allowed in this conversation. Mm-hmm. Because there could be such adamant disagreement that you might want it to lead to violence, but it, it cannot, and mm-hmm. or else we can't learn from each other and grow at all. Yeah. So maybe instead of calling them rules, you call them, you know, terms terms of agreement. Oh, yeah. Right? I like that. Like we're we're gonna come to the table with these terms of agreement. We've decided these are our terms, and we agree on them before we come to the table and talk about this. If we can't agree on these things, then we it's not worth having the conversation. So who decides what those things are? Do I guess you negotiate? Yeah. <laughs> Someone be, was like, "I want to bring <laughs> my gun," and you're like, "Nope." If it's not, you cannot loaded. bring your gun. Yeah, yeah. You can't bring your gun. You can bring it. Your emotional support <laughs> gun can come. If it's not loaded. <laughs> you can pet your gun. Yes. You can even pet it. That's fine. Yeah. Yep. Keep it on a leash. Do what you got to do. Wow. So have you found any faith community ever, regardless of the size of people, mm-hmm. that your orientation is just completely... 100% affirmed and and assumed is there's no question of anything. Like is that does that exist or has that ever existed in your life? Um hmm. And I don't just mean like yeah. with one person or something, right. but like maybe even if it's a handful, but not just like, oh my but buddy. It has to be enough to be a community, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think so. I think that's something that I've always been kind of on the hunt for. And um I don't really see myself ever going back and sitting in church every Sunday, but I do still crave that sense of community and and being around people who maybe not necessarily are like-minded, but we can come to the table and we can talk about things. And it's a a safe space to talk about spirituality or, you know, everything that intersects with that. Um, I think that's really what I'm looking for. Not not a place that's going to say, we believe what you believe, you're right, we're right. But a place where everybody can come to the table and say, we are who we are, and we allow each other to be who we are. I like that. That feels like a spiritual community to me. Yeah, and it feels like a natural way of living. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I think that that... I, I, sometimes I have this childish hope for humanity. I think we all do. <laughs> that I think, I really think that deep down, mm-hmm. we're all like that. 
I think so too. And we just get what Kimberly always uses the word. We get misinformation. Yeah. And then the value system starts to get built. Mm -hmm. But deep down, like the true them just wants to be themselves and hold space as other person is themselves. And, um, of course, terms, boundaries, you can't just like murder still wrong, you know, yeah. in that world, murder is sure. still wrong and that's crossing a boundary. So you're not, yeah. you don't, if you were to murder, you wouldn't really know yourself mm-hmm. and, you know, and you wouldn't, you're not letting me be myself. You're, you're murdering me. So therefore yeah. you're not honoring <laughs> those terms. And the, you know. Right. <laughs> You've broken the contract. Yeah. You broke the contract. <laughs> yeah. But I think most people just want to let each other be who they are. Yeah. You know, especially if what, who they are isn't bringing physical harm with Mm -hmm. intent. Yeah. What I can't figure out is why there are, there are so many straight people or cis people Mm -hmm. that feel as if they're being harmed because some people are gay. Right. Like I can't, I can't figure it out. Like why they, like they might hear what I just said and been like, yeah, and they are harming us. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I, I don't get it. Yeah. It, it's really hard to understand <laughs> not being <laughs> in that, in that kind of, uh, um, in that position. But I think my, my gut instinct, if I was going to assume something, if I was going to yeah. guess, I think that when you hold a position of power, and that could be just, you know, you're more respected in the social hierarchy type of power and not yeah. necessarily like I can control your life power. Yeah. Um, when you hold a position of power, there's always the fear that it's going to go away. Yes. That you'll become the marginalized group. That And that's what we just described. Yeah. And I think that it's, it's fear. It's, it's I'm, I'm afraid of losing my, my social standing because I know what it's like for you because I'm, I'm causing this oppression that, that, that to me is, you know, confirming the knowledge of, of what our system is doing. If you're afraid of losing your position of power, you're confirming that our system is designed to oppress people. Yeah. Well, and I mean like the people that know that it's obvious, right? If you've, (laughs) if you've listened at all, yeah. You know it's the case. Mm-hmm. And then if you haven't been listening, I don't think you're going to be listening. And so there, oh. it brings it back to how do you have these conversations with people who aren't going to be listening. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I do think, no joke, for me, hip-hop. Yes. Bring it back. <laughs> I, Snuck it in. It's like a universal language. I completely, I'm an only child. Mm-hmm. My parents didn't really talk about important issues really yeah i was raised by spike lee like watching his movies yeah starting as like a elementary school okay before i probably should have been watching them i think we all have things like that yeah (laughs) like the the some of the sexual scenes i saw and some Mm. of the language i heard right i was too young but that being said well, I don't think it really messed me up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. Ser- seriously. <laughs> uh, I don't I mean, you could argue that it could, but I, my point is I actually think it was good. Yeah. I think 
as a young child to hear the, the black story told by black director, writer, mm-hmm. actor, uh, you know, and I just was like, oh, that's how this country was built. Mm-hmm. And it was like, yeah. Yeah. And then I'm reading the history books in high school going, oh, we don't even learn to, to the truth in school. Yeah. I mean, part a partial truth. It's not like yeah. George Washington wasn't the first president. He right. was. <laughs> yeah. They didn't lie about that. <laughs> he was a general. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. whoa. Yeah. It's it's really interesting. Yeah. So what's the what's the LGBTQ hip hop? Does it? What's Ooh. the thing? Has it already happened? Yeah. Or is it happening? Or is, should it still happen? Mm. Where the culture at large starts to hear. And listen. Yeah. That's a really good question. I don't know. I don't know either. Or maybe it's already happened. I don't know. I I don't even know. I don't read enough statistics about things to know. Yeah. Hmm. But I mean, I know that there are still like people who can't be married in certain states. Yeah. So (laughs) we have not arrived (laughs) <laughs> not to mention not to mention there's like already you know tons and tons of people actively trying to make sure that we're reversing right i forgot about that you know i forgot about that um, yeah yeah so yeah it it's hard to say i don't know i don't know either remember v for vendetta have you ever seen yeah. that yeah that came out quite a minute ago oh yeah a i would even ago. i would even say before lgbtq before it had a plus at the end, was V for Probably. Vendetta. And I don't mean before the people representing the plus. Yeah. I mean when they added the plus officially to the acronym. Yeah. V for Vendetta was ahead of its time is really what I'm saying. It had to have been like 20 years ago, maybe more, mm-hmm. when it came out. Yeah. And for those who haven't seen that, uh, what, it... It touches on oppression of the LGBTQ community, specifically gay people. Yeah. I don't know if it really hit on, like, um, gender identity and stuff, but yeah. I think it was just, like, gay people were abused and mistreated, right? In in part, I think a lot of it was um, one of the, the main things that I got from it was um, just fighting against oppressive systems in general. In general, okay. Yeah, well, for whatever reason, there was a scene about a gay yeah. woman that made an impression on me uh-huh. more than other scenes in the movie. Yeah. I need to rewatch that. It's yeah. a good movie. <laughs> but the, the, it's, it's growing. Mm-hmm. Change is happening. Yeah. Because of things like hip-hop and other like major, you know, cultural, you can call it trends fads, whatever, yeah. cultural movements, those things that speak to people regardless of your background, your identities. Hip-hop's one of those things. I think music in general. Or at the risk of sounding hum- like making fun of LGBTQ, <laughs> musicals. That's true. Happened. I wish I liked musicals. I really don't. I'm, I love it. Is it true that musicals are more, would you say in your like mind that's associated with more of like gay men? No. 
Really? I think of gay men liking musicals. Really? No, I think it's it's just popular in the LGBT community in general. Maybe it's just because in my experience, so I, I don't know if you know this about me. I'm working on a bit, a comedy bit about it, but mm-hmm. I, um, so I'm not trying to do the bit right now. This okay. isn't the bit. This is just uh, me telling you. Cool. I was like, which one am I going to do? The joke or just yeah. tell you the actual? I was actual, like, all right, I'm ready. Yeah, here's the actual just, it, there's overlap in it, but. So I was the, I was the captain of the baseball team mm-hmm. my senior year, shortstop. Yep. I was the prom king, and I was dating the captain of the cheerleading team, and she was the prom queen. Like, ding, ding, ding! All those like all stereotypes. The, yep. <laughs> you ready for this? I was also in drama. Interesting. Uh huh. I'm a thespian. Lifetime. Yeah. I've got the card. I'm not gay, right? Yeah. That the joke is, I don't. I'm trying to figure out how to deliver it to be like picture that guy. But oh yeah, the joke is, I'm not talking about me at first. I'm like picture the guy. Picture, I've ruined it because you know it's me. Yeah. But the joke is like picture a guy like with a letter jacket on, and mm-hmm. he's on the baseball team, and he's the captain, and he's the shortstop, and he wears the eye black, and around his arm is the captain of the cheerleading team. <laughs> he's the captain. She's the captain. Yeah. Prom king. Prom king. Uh the ideal like i don't know what you call yeah. that like <laughs> like a 80s movie or 90s movie couple yeah, or something the, the pathway to the american dream yeah yeah you know? <laughs> but hold on he was in drama yeah and he wasn't gay that's the thing ever that people thought i was gay yeah because they're like we know you're closeted gay you're mm-hmm. that guy in the letter jacket and the girl around your arm yeah so but many you're, beards right yeah. but you're but you're gay yeah as proven by your in drama, mm-hmm. I'm not gay. Not every person in drama is gay. True. <laughs> to be fair, I feel like if and when you deliver this joke, depending on your audience, if your audience is like in their 20s, maybe early 30s, they're all going to think of Troy Bolton in High School Musical. Is he gay? No. Oh, okay. So I need to beware, be, know who my audience is. Yes. See, because in my generation... It would it would pop. It'd be like yeah. not gay because like, oh, uh, okay yeah. If you if you set the scene like that where you've got you know all star athlete kind yeah. of vibe, super popular, big deal They're on campus. They're gonna picture this dude. Yep, I gotta watch this. You do. This is like a big deal for millennials, oh. the younger millennials, I would say. Okay. And uh, yeah. All right, so I got some work to do. Yeah, because the dude, the dude's in musicals and stuff. He gets involved in musicals, even though everybody gives him a hard time for it because he's like all star athlete. Yeah, but he's not gay. But did anyone think he was gay at the beginning of the movie? It was never explicitly said, but the way that people acted towards his decision to want to get involved, like, suggested that it was taboo for him to get into that because it would be a sign that he was gay. If that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. It was never explicitly like, oh, you can't do that because you're gay. Because there were actually people in the movie who were. Got it. But there was that implication of if you're in drama, you're gay. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's so interesting. No, but musicals are just popular in the LGBT community in general. And that's something that I've never really gotten into. And I feel a little bit like I'm, you know, 
not representing my people well. <laughs> no, I think it's accurate. This is a good time to say like not everybody is the same. That's part of yeah. just because of their orientation doesn't mean even, they have all the same interests. Yeah, I'm not even crazy about Disney movies. Like, there's a few here and there that I'm like, this is gold. But the rest of them, I'm like, eh. What are you into? Aristocats. Okay. Lion King. Anything with cats. Apparently. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And baseball. You said and baseball. baseball. I do love baseball. Um. Yeah. No. But as far as Disney movies go, those two. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. All right. But yeah, uh, I thought of it as, I thought it was just like gay guys were into drama and musicals, but I guess it's just, I think, that's, that's yeah. not accurate. I think participating in drama is stereotypically seen as like a gay guy thing. Similar yeah, to, so the joke yeah. sort of does hold up. No, it still holds up. But I got to be aware. I got to word it a certain way. Cause yeah, dude. know your audience. Yeah. Because it wouldn't be the same for women in drama. And I remember guys going, but you are, though. Like, yeah. Like, this <laughs> like dude, like, uh, mm-hmm. we see it. Well, it's like all the signs are there. Yeah. And I'm like, no. Mm-hmm. And then there would be another. But the thing is, I didn't have anyone else. There was no other athlete. Well, there were when we were younger, but not by the time like senior year, senior yeah. status. Mm-hmm. No more athletes on varsity teams in drama. Right. It's kind of like... Well, so they were like, he's definitely gay. Yeah, there's other like <laughs> stereotypical things like that where people assume that that's a sign of queerness. Mm. Like men having a higher pitched voice. Oh, right. Or like a nasally tone to their voice. Yep. People automatically think, oh, well, you're gay. Yep. Yep. Which is not helpful. Yeah. And one, one of the things I struggle with is whether that joke is harmful. Hmm. Depends I, on the delivery, I think. Yeah. yeah. Like, do, does, uh, well, I just did it, so we'll see. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> let uh, us know. <laughs> yeah, let us know. J- Jason at thingsaboutthings.com. Uh, I don't know. Same with race-related. I have probably 45 minutes or more of content mm-hmm. about race. Yeah. And I'm like, oh. Okay. I don't know if I want to do this. Here's something to think about then. Are the is the content delivered in a way that is trying to trying to make those marginalized groups the butt of the joke? Or is it drawing attention to problems with our society and how we view these marginalized groups? So I'd say most of them are they start with how the marginalized groups have been treated and portraying that as bad in a serious way, Mm -hmm. leading to funny punchlines that involve speaking highly of the marginalized group Mm -hmm. in a way that's still sort of funny, but stereotypical. Okay. So there's the stereotype. Like when you hit a stereotype, are you touching a nerve? Like if when I go like, and I was in drama, but I'm not gay. And it's like, does Mm -hmm. a gay guy get hurt by that i don't know i mean i yeah i can't say because i'm not a gay guy in drama but do you do you dislike that i don't but i also think that comedy is a good avenue for revealing truths right like humor is sometimes a way to reveal truth that wouldn't other otherwise be said and so it's not saying the stereotype is true it's saying this stereotype is a thing that we have in our society. Like this is yeah. a true thing that people sometimes think. What about this though? Cause the joke actually goes, it's not, I'm not saying me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, 
captain of this, captain of this, in drama, not gay. So it's like yeah. neutral person. Mm-hmm. I'm just clarifying. In my yeah. mind, I'm clarifying, but it's funny to me. Mm-hmm. But maybe it's only funny to me because I'm not gay. And that's what that's where this cancel yeah. stuff comes in. Yeah. People go, I think it's funny. Mm-hmm. Dave Chappelle yeah. is in been in hot water from the LGBTQ community for the last few years. Mm-hmm. Or last few years that I knew of. And he's just like, I think it's funny. And they're like, we don't think it's funny. There's always going to be somebody who doesn't think something's funny. Right. Yeah. And that's part of his point. Mm-hmm. I, I don't take a side. My side is the spoken word art of comedy. Right. Needs to allow for a plurality of things, even if some of them sound offensive and are mm-hmm. offensive because of the society we live in. Yeah. And us having the right to free speech. Right. As long as it's not actually with the intent to try to bring real harm. Yeah. <clears throat> but I'm also not gay. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, yeah. no, he's just being funny. Yeah, it's hard, it's hard to say. I mean, I think <laughs> there's probably, there's definitely people out there who would say this is offensive. But I don't yeah. think that that would be the majority. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're never going to make everybody laugh. You're never going to make everybody think that what you're saying is yeah, okay. Yeah. But I think in general, if you're crafting the content with that in mind. Yeah. But when I, I look through my through. notes, I'm like, ah, should I just avoid all this and just get to the things that are like not going to offend anyone? That sounds like fear again, Jason. It does. <laughs> but I'm like, but can't I? Look, I gave it a go for 20 something years. Can't I just do something silly? Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I don't know if I can let myself because recently I I cannot stop thinking about how I want to integrate some spiritual teachings to the comedy mm-hmm. and be like out of nowhere. Didn't see that coming. Where did that come from? I didn't know a comedian would ever yeah. talk that way because I still think about deep spiritual things. Yeah. I don't know how you wouldn't having done that for right. so long. Yeah. And I enjoy it. And, mm-hmm. and sometimes I think it's funny too. Oh, for sure. But I don't want to be like... Oh, did you hear about this guy? Oh, yeah. Uh, what is he? Oh, he used to be a pastor. He's a comedian now. Oh, okay, great. Let me guess. Jokes about Noah's Ark. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> I can't be that guy. Right. But sometimes I'm like, there's some funny stuff. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You know, I think I think there's plenty of ways that you could incorporate that, and and all of these other ideas that you have yeah. in. Um, I think maybe. Don't be so afraid. Yeah. You know, just see what happens. Just go for it. You know, like I'm sure there will be times where you'll be like, you know, I probably shouldn't have said that. And in hindsight, you'll be like, okay, noted going forward. Maybe I'll do this differently. That is scary to me. Yeah. Because I have spent my whole adult life. Every single word that I used on that stage was deliberate. Was deliberate. Yes. And some people knew that and they went, okay, I see what you're doing. And some people went, I'm out of here because you didn't say the thing. Right. Uh, on both sides. Yes. There were people that left because I didn't stand. Like, I, if there's one topic that I, I forgot to tell you about this, this is pretty key mm-hmm. in my fear. There was one person that pretty adamantly wanted, like, the clarification on the website, on the stage, speaking against. Homosexuality is what they said. Right. 
and that um, basically our lack of clarity on it is is affirmation. Interesting. Well, they didn't leave quietly. Mm. <laughs> they left loudly. I had was part of more hours of meetings with that because of that one person mm-hmm. than every other topic combined in thirteen years, and twelve it was or thirteen one years. Yes, that's crazy. It did. I'm sure there wasn't only one person. Right. But they but were the catalyst. They were the only person. Yeah. But I'm sure that they represent other people who felt the same. Sure. Ugh. Yeah. So I think I still am like, well, if I, what do I do? Do I bring this up? Do I say this thing? Yeah. Like, I really. You can't be afraid to make a mistake. And I, I can't I know be that's, afraid to make a mistake. That's hard because it's of life, though. cancel culture things like that. But I think that if we're constantly living in fear of making a mistake, that is going to keep us from being our, our authentic selves. Like we're depriving people of our true, truest selves. If we are afraid of making mistakes. That's right. And what my heart is told, what I know is the, the hardest work isn't primarily about, whether I say that or joke or not or yeah. how I exactly say it, mm-hmm. it's my intent. That's what I think. Yeah. That's not to say that good intent, it can still lead to bad results for sure. sure. But I think the hardest work is is the listening and the learning with the intent of getting that right, mm-hmm. knowing that I won't get it right all the time. But yeah. trying to get it right I think really matters. Yeah. Well, and I think – we kind of touched on this before, but having having that hindsight of I can look back on this and realize I maybe would have done this differently now is yeah. is a sign that you've grown. It's a sign that you learned your lesson yeah. from that. And also, I feel shame about it. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, even that is somewhat diffused by admitting it, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, I think sometimes when, when there's shame... If you don't acknowledge that shame, it can lead to loneliness, and that is where it starts, mm-hmm. the shame starts to get bad. Yeah. But to go like, yeah, I feel some shame when I when I think about that. Yeah. Even when I think about you, mm-hmm. really, like I, again, you were the you were front and center. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, how did I let you go years without me saying it? Mm-hmm. Even though we never talked about it. Yeah. And actually, I didn't know your orientation. Yeah. It never came up. Yeah. We never brought it up. Yeah. But I mean, like, I certainly kind of like, let's see, put two and two together when I met your wife. Yeah. (laughs) That wasn't obvious at all. (laughs) Or girlfriend at the time. Yeah. But I was like, okay. I have my answer now. Yeah. I don't even have to ask. How convenient. It would be weird if I asked. <laughs> would it? I don't know. Could have just been like, oh, no, we're just roommates. We get that a lot. I have, I, have, I have had that moment yeah. where I didn't know what to say. Well, I mean, we're, sure. like, we'll go out in public. We'll go to dinner or something. We're wearing wedding bands, like clearly affectionate towards one, one another. And still, to this day, almost every time we go somewhere, like out to dinner or something, it's separate checks. Right. And we're like, no, 
What other signs do we need to... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, maybe the deeply embedded assumption in our culture, right? Yeah. So what they saw were two married women having... Like, there's, those women are married to other men, but they're having dinner yeah. together, and they're such close friends, they're holding each other's hands, because sometimes lady friends do that. Yeah. Like, seriously, that's probably what they thought. Yeah. I don't think they were like... It's clearly wrong to be gay. Right. <laughs> like, I don't think, I think no. it's just an embedded assumption. It is, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those things where it's like, it's so embedded. I don't think people even realize how embedded it is. Right. You know? Like, I bet this almost never happens to straight couples. Like, has it ever happened to you and Kim- Kimberly since you've been married? You've gone out and people are like, hey. You I mean, I'm, I'm sure sometimes yeah. there's probably some servers that, like, always ask together or separate. Right. But I can't remember too many times that they assumed and only said separate. Yeah, I, I, it's not really a thing. It's a, it's a straight privilege. Yeah, to just be it's a, such a minor to be one. Assumed. <laughs> it's just such a minor one. <laughs> but it's just it's funny things like that where it's like interesting. I it's not something I really even thought about until all of a sudden you noticed every yeah, time. Yeah, I'm like this is really weird. Interesting. Okay, two of us here holding. Yes. <laughs> Maybe just assume one, and then we can correct you. How about just try that right. one time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every it, once it, in a while, does it, does it get doesn't frustrating? Sometimes, but it's also just kind of like a little running joke now, too. Like we we're like, is it gonna happen? I don't know. We'll see. Let's. See. What Let's does see get frustrating? Hmm. That's a good question. I I feel like for me, I'm. I'm so hard to offend. Like, I don't feel mm. like it's it's very difficult to offend me because I, I really do try and see different different perspectives and try to be understanding that we're products of our environment and things like yeah, that. And yeah. so, like, even, like, pronoun things don't bother me. Um, oh, yeah. And, you know, just mixing, mixing gender identity and things like that doesn't bother me or anything like that. Um, so I don't... There's really not much that i could say as that i've never we never talked about that have is that part of your story too uh, um, uh a gender identity part of something that you discuss i mean and yes and no i think that i i have sort of an unorthodox kind of view about it um, oh okay like in terms of the general consensus in the lgbt community and i i to be clear i'm i feel very strongly that like we should respect people's pronouns if they have you know told us like i want to be referred to as he him his she her hers they them whatever whatever the pronouns are Uh, for me personally i don't really care like anybody can refer to me as anything it does not bother me because for me it's it feels like each each pronoun that gets used for me is just showing another side to me like i contain multitudes right like that's I, cool i do have this masculine side i do have a feminine side i do have this androgynous ambiguous side i have all of these sides to me it doesn't that's, really matter that's super cool i've never heard anyone say that before. yeah it's nobody ever says that and so when people ask my pronoun preference i'm like anything anything goes whatever you're comfortable with whatever you see in me it's fine so you're okay with any their interpretation of you is yeah because because to me, you it's, can be fine with yeah that they're seeing because there's nothing in you that would reject that in you yeah because i'm not any one thing 
I, like, Dang. I, don't, I don't feel so strongly about any one thing, and I don't feel like... I've never heard anyone say this before. I haven't either. I've never met anybody who feels that way, and so I, I feel a little bit different. It's all <laughs> I'm hearing almost like they... Yeah. But also with the he and she. Throw in the he and she. Yeah. With the they. And and so if, if people are like, no, I really need to know what to call you. I, I will generally tell people, you can default to they to, you know, to help people break out of gender binary. What, I, what I'm hearing is that you're helping them, them in it. I'm trying. <laughs> Whatever way I can, you know. And when I say them... Who knows? You don't know if I'm talking about one person or more than one. Yeah. I wish the English language <laughs> had something like this. Because sometimes it really is. Yeah. When they go, what are they doing? And you go, and you thought you were about to look at a group of people. Yeah. And it's one. And like, or at least I do that. Mm-hmm. Not meaning any judgment. I'm just like, yeah. I look for a group of people and, and someone says well, they. It's, it's interesting how, you know, English language, we have the singular, singular you and we have the plural you. Yeah. But almost all across the country, we've adapted the plural you to be y'all or youans or you guys we or whatever. We figured something out. Yeah, we've, we've adapted it because it was too difficult to determine whether it was singular or plural. Yeah. So I do wonder if eventually in the evolution of language, we'll change the singular they to something else. Who knows? It makes sense. It does. Yeah. It's hard to say. And a plural you. That's yeah. a universal one instead of a mm-hmm. um, dialect one. Yeah. I think because we have the dialectic ones. Le- and less of a need. Yeah. People have figured out what works and we know what each of them means, even if that's not the term we use. Like, you'll never hear me say youans, but I know what it means. Yeah, same. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, and I know people who use that and that's fine, like... I know what you mean, and so that's the point of communication is to be able to articulate something clearly. And for to say, I know what you mean. Yeah. Oh, man. But it's difficult. It is difficult. We can do it sometimes, and boy, oh, boy, it doesn't work sometimes. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> that's the hardest of all to me is mm-hmm. with the assumption that mm-hmm. everyone's good, so I assume that this f- moment has happened where someone had the correct intention mm-hmm. and said either the, quote, wrong word, and I'm not talking like N-word kind of stuff. Right. Uh, that's the wrong word. Just, But I oh, mean, right. like, they just say a word. Mm-hmm. They have that word in, as a connect to, it's connected to their thought. Yeah. And the intention in their heart is good. That word... To the hearer, not good word. Yeah. It breaks my heart mm. that somebody that was trying to to impart positive energy. Yeah. And it was perceived as negative energy. Yeah. Oh, I hate that. It's really hard. And I think that's where the mercy comes in, right? If we oh, if yeah. we can acknowledge the good intentions, we know like, yeah, you, you messed up here. You really you said didn't the wrong say that word. The way. Yeah. Instead of saying, Oh, you messed up and now we're we're cutting you off from this community because you've yeah. offended us. Yeah, yeah. Having some mercy and saying, Okay, with us that's not a word we use and here's why. Yeah. Education and and you know, giving them the opportunity to And to benefit learn from that. of the doubt that yeah. they don't know that, right? Yeah, and I think that's that kind of falls back into the, the pronoun thing, right? Like yeah. There are people who, if you mess up their pronouns, it like hardcore, we're done here. 
And yeah. I get that. I understand that, you know, that can be very triggering. There's, you know, a lot of gender dysphoria that would come up oh, in, sure. in using incorrect pronouns and things like that. But at the same time, if we want to try and change a culture in the way that we as a society think about these things, we have to be willing to have mercy and educate and give people the opportunity to change those <laughs> habits. Like, how else do you think people are going to learn and, and, and buy into this change of language, this change of perception of gender, this change of whatever, if we can't give people the space to learn and grow into it? Absolutely. It's hard to do. I'm not saying it's easy, but... The, yeah, how else can you change? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't guarantee they will. No. <laughs> but it gives them the opportunity We have to. evidence of this. Yeah. Do you think it's working? Like, specific to, like, gender-related things? Or, like... Because this... That, that idea can is sort of pervasive in a lot of different areas. That's true. Like actually. we could talk about it in terms of like patriarchy, patriarchy, even like the prison system. Yes, maybe. I think I was asking related to LGBTQ. I was kind of asking related to like homosexuality and mm-hmm. gender identity. But I now that you say that question, yeah. I think I'm talking about all of it. Yeah, I don't know. Is it working? Because I, that's last night. I said to Kimberly that I think we're in a another renaissance. Yeah. And the renaissance, what we call the renaissance, five hundred years ago or something, was it in the sixteen hundreds. Sixteen hundreds. Yeah. And it means rebirth or mm-hmm. new birth or something. Yeah. Uh, so you can't say like re-renaissance i mean you can but it's a rebirth right (laughs) i i'm gonna coin something all right let's hear it It, i think we're in the equality renaissance Mm. and here's what i mean in the history of civilization even if there's been progress meaning the wheel yeah or iron the cotton gin (laughs) yeah power over people Mm. in all of them power over Something's happening right now. It's not over. It's not equal. No. But we're I think we're in it. Yeah. We're in it. We're in the equality renaissance where those who had power, and it's not like it's brand new. There have been revolutions in history. Sure. But I mean, I think the world is mm-hmm. experiencing this. Yeah. To varying degrees. Right. And some are kicking and screaming and refuse to change at all. Mm-hmm. And then there's some cultures and countries where only a certain demographic of that country is refusing. Some countries, maybe it's the whole country or a majority of the country. And then some countries it's the voice is smaller and they're being marginalized, or maybe it's just different subsets within our nation, you know, but it's the statues coming down all of them. Mm -hmm. We're, we're definitely closer than we've ever been. I think. Yeah. There's also, you know, plenty of examples in history where movements like these have gained strength and fizzled out. That's sad to hear you remind me of that, actually. I think (laughs) if we get complacent and think we're in a renaissance, this is inevitable. We did it. This is inevitable. Serena, she won. She's the goat. (laughs) 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 If we we do that. And we just go like, 
we're like, oh, I can sleep tonight, finally. Yeah, no. I think that's that's when it'll definitely fizzle out if we say it's inevitable. It's not inevitable. No. We have to be mindful that it could collapse at any time. Because that's, that's how power structures work. Uh, yeah. Nobody, and no, nobody wants their empire to fall. No. You know, I mean, man, oh, man. I had a wood stove and heated with it 24-7. <laughs> I like pressing the button on my phone better. Oh, yeah. I mean, I do. It's easier. And it's probably because I live in an empire. And I'm just like, man. Boop. Yep. That's an oversimplification. There are plenty of people that don't live in it's empires. Good metaphor, that, though. Yeah. <laughs> ease of life. Yeah. Kind of thing. Um, which, you know, the people that I that I know that have come from deeply oppressed places and poverty and they've told me pretty much unanimously they don't want the people with the easy lives to have hard lives mm-hmm. they just want everybody to have the easy life yeah like it's they're like we don't want you to have to not have that app on your phone we just want to all have the app on our phones which is the, which <laughs> right? is so different like that's the opposite of how the people in power feel they're saying i don't want you to have the ease that i have because it threatens my way of life, and it means that I could I could fall down to, you know, a place where I have less. Than they you. think it's like the French Revolution. Yeah, <laughs> off and with their heads, not, and it's not what's happening. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, like again, sometimes it is happening. Sure, but it's not. I don't think that that's what's happening. No, as a in our world and culture, and I don't think that's the intention either. No. Like that's that's not the intention behind the, the equality renaissance, right? It's not. To switch the power. It's equality. It's equality. It's literally <laughs> right there in the, in the name. name. Yeah. It's like they wanted us to know. <laughs> yeah. They. I'm talking singular they, by the way. Yep. Yeah. I've never felt I've never felt that feeling um about my gender identity being anything other than he, him. Mm-hmm. But I will say, I'm starting, as I've been listening more, I'm starting to really try to feel, try to sense the the nuances of orientation versus identity. Yeah. I know the definitions, mm-hmm. but I'm talking about the feeling. Right. So, Because I'm, would it be called cis if I'm straight and also identify as he? You don't have to be straight to be cis. Oh, I didn't cis know Cis means, you know, for example, you were... Assigned male at birth, oh. and you identify as male. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I forgot yeah. that. It, it's confusing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I've never felt anything other than as a he. Mm-hmm. And I still don't think I that has changed, but I am, the last five to ten years, mm-hmm. starting to really deeply invest my time and feelings and spiritual efforts to connecting with the feminine aspect of the divine or the universe. Right. And I believe that every person has all of that energy in them, Mm -hmm. including myself. Right. So I'm starting to feel some of my own feminine aspects. Yeah. That are, that I believe metaphysically, I believe are God. Yeah. But I also believe are human being human beings have those energies in them. Yeah. And I've, Jung, Jung, Jung yeah. talked about Carl. this. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Carl. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
And all this stuff I learned from Kimberly, like mm-hmm. all of it. And then I, well, not all of it. Like I started her and then I yeah. started reading more and listening more and all that. But right. uh, so all that to say, I still would say he, because I don't, th- I don't feel anything else. Yeah. But I have, I feel something in me fem- that's feminine. Yeah. In addition well, and that's another because thing. I think that's just psychologically true. Yeah, but I'm starting to feel it for the first time, not just read about it. Right, and that's another thing is like, do you, do you feel your pronouns because you are masculine or feminine? Are you tying, you know, masculinity with he, him, right. and femininity with she, her, or does identifying as he, him mean something different to you? Like, um, does what what does that mean to you as you know right. a self identified cis male who uses he him pronouns what does what does that mean to you to feel like a he him does it mean you feel masculine or does what no. does that mean to you what a great question yeah it's it's so interesting to think you know why do we use these words other than that's what we're comfortable with that's what we've known yeah sure that's got to be what it is yeah where else does it come from why why would we identify with these things if there wasn't a reason for it and also i don't like oversimplifying he or she with character traits that seem to only like society Mm -hmm. has said. Yeah. But I still can, I think I can still feel the difference, Mm -hmm. but it's not like guys watch sports. Right. Like (laughs) that's not the case. Yeah. I have plenty of guy friends, not into sports, plenty of girlfriends that are into sports. Yeah. Not a small sample, not like a token thing. Mm-hmm. It's just an oversimplification that is wrong, stereotype. But I still feel something different. Mm-hmm. I feel that there's a difference between masculine yeah. energy and feminine energy. It's not like, girls play with Barbies. Right. That's not <laughs> what I'm talking about. It's something else. Yeah. And even even if you broke it down to you know char- character traits like, oh, well, Men are more aggressive and women are more passive. Even things like that doesn't feel still quite doesn't right. hold up. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I think there's there's a difference between it's like an energy thing. It's a, a feeling and not necessarily something you can put into words. Where it's like, oh well, this list of character traits is this thing. This list is this thing, and that's how you tell the difference. It's I think it's more of a feeling. It's like however you identify with those two things. And then of course there. Are, aren't those two genders. Right. That's a whole other part That's of this conversation. That's a whole other thing, yeah. And I think instead of, in, for me at least, instead of trying to really exhaustively study the list. Because it's going to keep expanding. <laughs> I, I think it's more of like, I've, this, the hardest work is knowing and feeling, and listening to other people's stories, but also me feeling mm-hmm. the spectrum. Yeah. Not like, well, there's 72 of them. It's like, <laughs> maybe there are, maybe there's more. I've heard that there's, I've heard long, longer lists, I've heard shorter. Yeah. But to me, it's more of like acknowledging that it's not just two. It's, it's, it's more nuanced across yeah. the board than that. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was helpful when I felt it, not just like, acknowledging and like affirming that that's the case for some people, but me going, I think I felt feminine energy inside of me. Mm -hmm. And then like whatever voices in my past 
thankfully I was never around like real, real jerks, like close friends. Yeah. But I did grow up in seventies, eighties, nineties, and for sure in nineteen ninety, if I would have said that, some guy would have been like, You're gay. Like yeah. guaranteed. Right. And the fact that I'm not gay is why I really am noticing yeah. that feminine energy thing. Mm-hmm. Because it's not it has nothing to do with my sexual orientation. Yeah. And so now once I felt that I went, that's why people have been saying that. Yeah. And <laughs> I, think, I feel that what they're yeah. saying now, but I'm still he. Yeah. And not because I'm afraid. Yeah. Be- it's more of like I'm he and really I sense all that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He still feels like right to me. And that's that's <laughs> totally, totally cool. Yeah. 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 And Whatever. Think, yeah. It does not it doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah, matter. It's it's a personal thing and it has to be a, a personal exploration and decision, I think. Another part of it could just be I'm I mean, I'm married to a woman and I have two daughters and we have a female Maltese dog and I'm around a lot of feminine energy. Tell me about it. I have a wife <laughs> and five female cats. Five <laughs> <laughs> Man, you gotta get out for a while. <laughs> and I know, and I know some, some reverse of that. I know some moms with like totally. four, a husband and four boys. She's like, I can't mm-hmm. love you all. I gotta go for a, a, yeah. for a while. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, it's nice to have a break. <laughs> and then she goes out to dinner with her girlfriend, who's also married. They're holding hands, and they say yeah. separate checks, and they go, "Yeah, thanks," yeah. because they didn't even think anything <laughs> of that. Yeah, and it was a good ex- assumption on the way. To <laughs> and they were holding hands also. Yeah, but I'm not sure how affectionate thing... you were talking about in yeah. your scenario. Well, because I don't know too many people that make out at dinner, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, <laughs> that would be kind of weird. I, I have a boundary there. <laughs> I, I I don't know if I'm. I don't know if I can trust somebody that does full make out a session no. at dinner. It's like. I, we can be friends, but not close friends. Not very close <laughs> at all. <laughs> but that, that's the thing that Kaylee and I talk about all the time is how weird um, straight women friendships are. It's oh. like sometimes you can't tell. They're so affectionate. They're so affectionate. It's like, I don't get it. I mean, they don't want to have sex with each other. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Thank you. <laughs> All right, that feels yeah. like that feels like the end of the podcast. I feel like that's how it <laughs> that's should go. It, that's the break. Right. <laughs>